Hello, and welcome to Tasmania Police's podcast, This is Tas Police. I'm Inspector John Pratt, and I'll be your host as we chat to a wide range of Tasmanian police officers about why they joined the job and why others should too. We're coming to you today from Lutrawita, Tasmania. And before we start our conversation, I'd like to respectfully acknowledge the Tasmanian Aboriginal people as the traditional owners of the land upon which we work and pay our respect to Elders past and present. We recognise the Tasmanian Aboriginal people as the continuing custodians of the rich cultural heritage of Lutrawita, Tasmania. Most people would be aware that today is International Women's Day, a global day celebrating the social, economic, cultural and political achievements of women. In this episode, we are celebrating women in policing, and it's therefore appropriate that I hand over the microphone to three female police officers who between them have a wealth of experience in policing within Tasmania. First up, we have Detective Inspector Rebecca Davis from the Bell Reef CIB. Beck is also the commander of the TAS Police Negotiation Unit. She's been a serving officer for 27 years and has been involved in the Tasmanian Government's Family Violence Task Force that saw the implementation of the Safe Homes, Safe Families Action Plan. We also have Divisional Sergeant Michelle Elmer from the Devonport Uniform Branch in northwest Tasmania. Michelle has been the lead investigator in a number of major crimes, including murder investigations and the recent Hillcrest tragedy. And last but not least, we have Detective Senior Constable Kelly Ladson, who is currently based at the Tasmania Police Academy as the Investigation Training Coordinator. Kelly has worked in multiple investigative areas across the state, including drug investigation, criminal investigation branches and serious organised crime, where she has been part of teams investigating the drug and criminal activities of organised crime groups. Now that I've done the introductions, I'll hand over to our guests to kick off their conversation. Thanks, John. It's my pleasure to be here today with my colleagues, Michelle and Kel. This is a great opportunity for us to get together and celebrate women's achievements, particularly women in policing. Let's start by sharing a little bit about our policing background. So Michelle, what made you join Tasmania Police and what's your career look like so far? Thanks, Beck. Well, I joined not long out of college, nearly 25 years ago. And one of the things that made me want to join, I think, was as a child, I was heavily involved in local sport, either as a participant, coach or volunteer. And I think that's where I developed a sense of community and satisfaction in helping others. And I can remember being in college and thinking that policing sounded really interesting with lots of different aspects to it. And it was something that would allow me to be out and about in the community. So I think that's what I was drawn to policing initially for those reasons. In my career so far, I graduated to Launceston and I moved back to my hometown shortly thereafter. I continued general duties for around three years and then completed some time in forensics. After that, I had my two children and then returning from work after those, I worked in areas such as crime management unit, prosecution, uh, uniform policing. I did some time at Strawn on the West Coast. I did some time in prosecution services and around 12 years in criminal investigation. And at the moment, I'm now the Divisional Sergeant at Devonport. So I've also been through the promotional process and was promoted to Sergeant in 2017. And I'm currently going through the Inspector Qualifying process, which has been a great learning opportunity. And I've also assisted in assessments on sergeant's courses and been a course director for an investigation for frontline officers. So that's pretty much all about me. Uh, what about you, Kel? Tell us about yourself. 
Um, Shell, like you, I'm going back to some very fond childhood memories. So for me, policing was it. It was a childhood dream. I remember the day I wanted to be a police officer, actually. At the time, I was living in Gippsland, Victoria with my family. So I was five years old. I was in kindergarten. And one day, a local uh, uniformed police officer came to do a school visit. He turned up and he turned up in a divvy van. So that's a, a marked police vehicle. He popped open the doors and we all got the chance to sit in the car, so front and back and lights and sirens. And for me, that was it. I thought it was wonderful. And to think that you can hold such simple thoughts at that age, that all you want to do is catch villains and help people out. And to be able to play out that dream and continue to do so has just been such a great experience for me. I never had a plan B. And to this day, I've never considered an option outside of policing. And the best thing about it all is Dad's got this ripping photo at home and it's just me sitting in the back of the divvy van with the biggest grin on my face. And I think those who know me and those who are sitting next to me now, like Beck, have seen that grin a bit before. And there are still moments in the job that actually give me that same same smile, which is really, really nice. For me, my 21 years in the job has absolutely flown. I feel like I've experienced so much and there is, um, yet again, there is so much out there for me to try. I'm happily a career constable. I hold the title of a detective senior constable and I've just started going through the promotion process myself. I've done my exams and I'm off to do the course for sergeants next month. So in my 21 years in the job, I've worked all around the state. I graduated to Launceston Uniform and then I decided to mix it up with uniform opportunities up there at both Georgetown and Longford. But pretty much since 2007, it's been me working in investigative areas. So I've worked in drug investigation, criminal investigation and serious organised crime. Although I try to tell people I've mixed it up by going down to the police academy to teach others, I'm still teaching investigations. I just love it so much. I really do. It's just something I'm exceptionally passionate about. So it's my second year working down there at the academy as the investigations training coordinator. And I'm fortunate enough to oversee the detective training programs and teach recruits. Teaching recruits is exceptionally self-satisfying and I selfishly hope that I can pass on my interest and enthusiasm for investigations and that they take a similar pathway as what you and I have really, Shell. Yeah. How about you, Beth? Well, my story is a little bit different, actually. I haven't always wanted to be a police officer. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So it's almost like I accidentally fell into something that I adore and I've been here from the day I fell into it, so to speak. So I always wanted to be a teacher and I thought I could be a physical education teacher primarily because I love sport like you girls. And I was a swimmer. I was a competitive swimmer all my life up until I was 21. And I was at university and I was wondering what on earth am I going to do next? And a really good friend of mine was just graduating from the police academy. And he said, hey, Beck, come down to the academy and mum and dad will be there, my sister, and I would love you to watch me graduate. I said, yeah, no worries. And I trundled down there thinking, what on earth? Of course, at the academy, it was cold. It was wet. It was windy. But I was sitting in the crowd and I think it might be to do with my mother's Scottish heritage, but the bagpipes fired up. And I don't know what it was, but I had goosebumps, the hairs on my arms stood up, and I started to cry. And I knew, just like you both have said, that pipe band marching on, leading the young men and women in uniform, I thought, here's a team I want to be a part of. And I have never forgotten that day. And ironically, now I'm in charge of the Tasmanian Police Pipe Band. (laughs) It's just one of my roles. We have a graduation. I get the same feeling every time. So that day, I think I just sat my last English exam that morning 
went to the graduation, put my application in that afternoon, which was about October, November. And I got through the selection process and was at the academy the following February and I haven't looked back since. So yes, I may have fallen into it by accident, but like Kelly and Michelle, I just haven't looked back. I've loved every minute of it. Yes, there's been ups and downs. There's been a few sad, tough, hard, long hours. However, the majority of it, I think about the people I've met, not just in police, but outside within the community and other agencies. And there's just nothing else I'd rather be doing. So that's how I got into it. What have I done? So this is my 27th year in policing in a job where I thought I was only going to be there for a little while. But started off in uniform, just like you guys. I was a Hobart girl, graduated to Launceston, loved my time there and still have really fond memories of that. Came back to Glenorchy Police Station in uniform there. From that, started my detective's career at Bellarive CIB. Ironically, I was there as a constable for eight years and I'm now there as the boss. So it's like going back home really as the detective inspector. But in between that, I've had the pleasure of working in areas like recruiting as the sergeant. I have worked in other HR areas. I've worked in uniform. I'm the commander of our negotiation unit, which has seen me travel all over Australia training in counterterrorism environment, which is really amazing. And what else? I think that's about it, really. But it's plenty and it's just been diverse and I'm really grateful for it. Thanks, Steph. Women in policing have experienced many challenges over the years, but there's also been some impressive achievements. What are your memories from years gone by and what have you noticed has changed or is changing I'll keep it light first up. How much, girls, has the uniform changed oh. since we first joined the job? <laughs> We've gone from the bowling hats, which doubled up as um, another utility on our belt, gone into the more comfortable phase of the caps and the and the shirts that are currently being worn on the front line. So uniform is definitely something I've noticed. I think the most current change that we've all seen is the introduction of our first woman commissioner of police, which is really wonderful. I think I speak for us all when we say it's great to see and I really look forward to being part of policing under her leadership as well. And branching off a little bit, um, community uh, expectations are changing and in both sides there is a desire in the community to, to have knowledge, um, particularly knowledge about what we're doing and, and how we go about things as well. So we have to balance this with reality and things take time, our processes take time and it's great for people to understand this in order for us to achieve the outcome that investigations are methodical. So yes, we are in a changing environment but I think we're doing very well to adapt by listening not just to ourselves internally but externally as well. Yeah, Beck. Well, I have to concur with the uniform. <laughs> because when I started Kill, there was also a handbag that came with that hat, which we no longer have to have. But I do remember stories of the police women before me talking about what they carried in their handbag, which was rather funny. So no, I never used my handbag. But apart from the uniform, what I think I've really seen changed is actually the police women themselves. And I thought really hard and long about this question because many things have changed, policies, the community, as Kel spoke about, expectations on us. But what I've seen is women in our job now don't sit back as much as they used to when I first joined. We would be the second person in the car or the second person on the interview. Not that we weren't always included. It was just something that we didn't probably have the confidence to put ourselves forward. And what I put that down to is not just, well, some very confident, strong and brilliant young young women, but also I see the way the men that we work with are changing and becoming really encouraging of of women and inclusive and the way we train is far more inclusive than it ever was before. 
for instance, I was really lucky in having my children that I got to remain a detective for that whole period of time. I've got friends in the job 10 years before me that were asked to resign. So there's some significant changes. And when a woman comes into my office and she's very nervous because she's telling me that she's pregnant, I think the squeals of delight that I come out with and how proud I am of them is a a sign of how things have changed. The fact that I want a, a young girl to walk through my office door and be happy to tell me that she's having a baby or happy that she's, you know, and not worry about the fact that she's leaving work behind because she's not. She's continuing to grow as a human and develop as an amazing woman. And I think when she does come back to work, she will be accepted with open arms now, which is a real change that I've seen and I'm glad to be a part of that. I think for me, I was very similar to you ladies and I first met our now commissioner when she was a sergeant at the academy and so it's been very inspiring watching her journey. But also there were very few females at your rank back or above when I went through back in 1998. In fact, I'm pretty certain there were no superintendents or commanders and very few inspectors. I can't quite recall. So it's really good to see that that has shifted and there's there's many more mentors for the other women in policing and people can see that you can have a successful career. So that's been one of the shifts that's been really good. And I agree with you, Beck. there's been a shift in attitudes towards women in policing to a point where they're now valued. I've personally always felt supported and valued myself. But I know that when I first joined, there were some attitudes towards women in policing that were not like that. So I think the two great changes that I've seen within our department, and obviously we're recruiting a lot more females as well, which is really pleasing. And I think when I went through, we had four females and 16 males, and now it's more like 50-50. So that's pleasing to see as well. Yeah, it is, Michelle. Actually, funny, just on that, the office I have at the moment, we have more females in it than males. It's really nice to see. It is a very loud workplace, though, I must say that. So the theme for International Women's Day this year is embracing equity. And one of the key considerations around equity is that the rise of women is not about the fall of men and that everyone can play in a role in forging gender parity. What do you guys think about that? I really like the theme. It's not encouraging diversity or for us to speak for one gender at negativity of the other. And it's just a timely reminder that as a police service, we do have men and women, but we are police officers. And it just encourages us to keep continuing to work together as one without that separation down the middle. And and I'm and branching off that in my experience, in my time in the job, I certainly, in the places that I've worked, there's not a job in this organisation or a role where women aren't considered. And that's what I've seen in my 21 years. These jobs and roles are out there for us to apply for and strive to perform the best we can, male and female. And like I said before, we're policing and and policing is a thoroughly enjoyable team environment. And I think we're a good example of what the, um, the day is seeking to achieve this year. Michelle, what do you think? Well, yeah, I totally agree with what Kelly just said. And there's some, in my view, there's some really great male police officers as is female police officers. And it's really important that while we encourage and support women in policing, that we don't create a divide as a result. So I think it's a great theme. And I think something that is important in our role as a police officer is that males and females conduct the same roles. So once upon a time, that wasn't the case. There was only certain jobs that females would do and there were certain jobs that males would do. And now moving forward to now, we often, well, I think we've come a long way that way. 
we're both doing the same role as a police officer no matter what the job is. Yeah, and I think all three of us, you know, with what we're talking about, parodies across the board. And I think what we're seeing now and what I'd love to see continue is that both men and women are speaking up when they see something that's not quite right or a comment's been made. I think it's really important that our male colleagues continue to do that as they have been, as well as as well as well female. We can't leave it up to the men to fight and call out bad behaviour. We need to have the strength to do it ourselves as well. And that's what I, I like encouraging in anyone that I work with or for. And I think gender bias, it is what we make it. And I think if we continue to talk about it in, as Kel said, like male and female, it isn't going to change. Equity is across the board. It's for everybody. And I think if we holistically look at it like that, I know my 17-year-old daughter reminds me every day of how to do that. But yeah, you see it even changing in the television shows we're watching, the media that we see. So it's changing everywhere and I think we just need to be champions of that change. Yeah, I agree. So we've all been serving police officers for 20 plus years and still looking wonderful as a result of it. (laughs) And we all have kids of varying ages. I'll ask you first, Beck, what's your experience with balancing family and work and just that general never-ending challenge of the work-life balance? Well, I'm going to be really honest. I haven't always been very good at this and I dip in and out of it and I do struggle at times. So I've actually sought the help to remind me of how important work-life balance is. And I think that's something that I would encourage everybody to do if they have the opportunity to do that. But what she helps me with is set boundaries, set boundaries, not only in my work life, but also my home life. For instance, there is an alarm that goes off in my phone at five minutes to six every night that says my family, my time. And what that reminds me of is not that I'm not going to work. It means that I'm not going to partake in emails. I'm not going to read emails. I'm not going to contribute to group work chats. My team know that if they ring me after six, I will answer the phone. But I need to set a boundary for myself so I can watch maths with my daughter or I can go for a walk with the dogs. Kelly's laughing at me here, Michelle. I can see you are too, but, you know, they're the, the things that I do like to enjoy. Or if it's just if it's just to go out, go to a Pilates class or something, but I do actively set reminders for myself because our job is important and I think we've all showed how much we love to do what we do. So having those reminders is important and having an 18-year-old and 17-year-old daughter that that are even louder than the alarm that goes off in my phone to remind me when I'm not being present. So that's how I try to get work-life balance. It's working now. How about you, Shell? Yeah, I have to admit I'm also not the best at work-life balance. So I chose to have my family when I was quite young and as a result I've had to make sacrifices at times both with my family or with my career. But that was my choice and it was challenging at times but something I was able to work through and I was lucky enough to have good support from my family to assist that. I guess as far as current work-life balance, it's one of those things that I'm sure we all do. As Beck just said, do work at home at times or out of hours. And something that I work hard not to do if I, if I can avoid. But I'm also a person that believes that reward for effort. So sometimes you do need to do that to achieve your goals or to get the job done. It's just making that balance on your family time as well. So I love that you've got those processes in place, Beck, and I am going to take some of that on. <laughs> I think it's I think it is important to have a good work life balance. And some of the things that I do is I've found that outside interests are really beneficial in that. So whether it be spending time with my family or 
my outside friends and socialising with them. I love to watch sport, love to play sport, and I try and get to the gym to make sure I have consistent exercise. So they're the kind of things that I try and do to balance out so that we can be our best when we're here at work. You, Cal, what, what's your work-life balance like? You've got to be reflective and honest with yourself, don't you? There are periods in this job where it's just natural and you do need to put a lot of energy to whatever the investigation or matter is with you. But then you also need to take those moments that there is a lull and you need to make the time to catch your breath and and spend that time with the family. I think having a young one, so my daughter being nine, I think when they're young, they're so honest and she's very quick to point out to me when I'm not meeting that balance at home so being um objective being reflective and having the honesty of your family and being able to have your family too like the strength that the family gives you is um second to none same as your work family too they see if something's wrong we all look after each other but but i must say through those early years of motherhood the job was very supportive for me and i was able to take 12 months maternity leave if something ever popped up at home the job makes sure that you go home and and you deal with it or you you sort it out so we keep on balancing don't we really juggling and balancing (laughs) so i think we're on to career highlights michelle i was just hoping to talk about some of the career highlights. I'll throw to you, Beck, first, career highlights and your favourite part of the job. This was such a hard thing to think about because with nearly 30 years, I've broken it down into a couple of stages because when in that first sort of five, 10 years of your job, the career highlights are the people you work with, you go to some amazing jobs and you really achieve some incredible things. But Two that really, really stand out for me is when I became the sergeant of recruiting and I think, oh gosh, it was about 12 years into the job and, you know, you're just trundling along. I'd had both of my children by that stage and it wasn't until I was presenting in front of, you know, 400 plus parents and children at Guildford Young College one night and I was there with a man from the Department of Defence and I got to stand up and talk about our job and just to see how engaged everyone was to see how intrigued they were, not just in me, but in what I did or what we were capable of doing and what we offered young men and women, I got this real sense of pride that I'd forgotten about. It almost took me back to those bagpipes marching up on the parade ground. But I just thought, wow, this is an amazing job that we do. And I see that as a real highlight because at around that 10-year mark, you can get a little bit tired and you can get a little bit distracted and think, gosh, what else is there? And that just refocused me in what an amazing job it is we've got. Yep, like I said, it's hard. But the, the versatility we get, the people we meet. So that was a real highlight. With recruiting as well, I used to always say to the guys, Guys and girls that came through the door, congratulations, we'd watch them graduate and I go, oh, one day I hope I can work with you and never thought I would being, you know, we all get transferred all around the state. But I was lucky enough to take up a position down at Kingston as the 2IC at Kingston Uniform some years ago. And 70% of the staff that worked at that station I had recruited and I actually got to work with them. And I thought, this is just amazing. Like I never thought I would get that opportunity. And it continues today in my office that I am in now. Some of the detectives that are working with me at Bella Reeve, I actually recruited. So that's a real highlight as well, because you can see how they've developed and how they've grown. So maybe grumpy and I can remind them of how fabulous they were when they first joined. But yeah, no, it's that's another really good thing. 
And I think the biggest highlight, and my daughters remind me of this again, because uh, the last two and a half, three years has been incredibly hard for all of us in policing and work with COVID and everything that that brought with it. And at that time, I started in a brand new job in an office that had been struggling for a little while. And every time I walk into that office now, I look at the work that's been done to rebuild it, to create some really experienced, fabulous detectives. And now to have the luxury of being able to walk away and take some leave and know that they're going to be okay. With three brilliant sergeants in there, I have to say that uh, the way this office has grown and what it's become in three years is probably one of my greatest achievements ever. In that I see the work they do for the community. They love it. They, They have a laugh. They take what they need to seriously. And I go home at night knowing that it's not just me that's done amazing things for the community. It's this great group of people that we've built and developed. So I have to say this last three years in that team is the biggest highlight of my career. Hill. To say, I think just going on what you were saying then, it's definitely the people you work with, mm. the ability to make those friendships that last a lifetime. For me, I met my husband. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it just, and my sister joined the job. So it's really nice to watch your family come through with you. Then my sister was involved in an incident and to be able to support my sister through mm. her policing experiences. Yeah. It's been a very powerful 21 years and I have to say we, we keep going back to the, one of the same core topics of investigations but I think a lot of my job satisfaction and highlights comes from particular investigations in the 21 years in the job. To be able to provide outcomes to some families, to be able to give victims voices, to be able to target organised crime and, and have nice um, outcomes for drug and crime activities, it's it's just really satisfying and it's nice to be able to tell the community that we can have an effect and it's nice to be able to personally have those great experiences as well. How about you, Michelle? Well, Hell, I'm very similar to you. So I feel in policing sometimes involves turning up to an event that is possibly the worst thing that's ever happened to that person in their lives. Mm. And I feel privileged that I'm in a position where I can help someone get through that event or at least provide them with some closure to assist in their recovery. And I guess our investigations, which is something that I'm also passionate about, is something where we get the opportunity to do that and have a significant impact. And that's very rewarding. So examples of that, extreme examples, is where we are able to charge offenders, investigate and charge offenders for murders and and rapes and things like that, which are things that have a significant impact on our victims, their families and our community in general. So I think that's one of many highlights if you take through all the years of the investigation experience between the three of us. But it's funny you mentioned your family, Kel, because one of my highlights would be also my brother joining the job. And I've been lucky enough to work down in Strawn alongside him and also in one of the investigation branches with him. So that's been really, really good to see, I guess, his career develop as well. So I've enjoyed that. And I think the amount of work that goes into the promotional process. I have to say that one of the highlights was when I was promoted to the the rank of sergeant and I still remember receiving that phone call from the commissioner and um, (laughs) how rewarding that was. So I think that's, yeah, that's pretty much what I would consider the highlights in my career. I'm really pleased, Michelle, you talked about your own development and your own achievement, your personal achievement of getting to sergeant as Kel's going through that now. I'm trying to take that next step as well. And I think it's really good to see that 
you know, we don't put it as a highlight. And I think maybe we should look at what we're doing and how well we are doing and give ourselves a little pat on the back because it came up secondary really in this conversation. But I think I just wanted to highlight that how well both of you are doing and, and keep doing it. Okay, I know this is probably sad for all of us. It's time to wrap up our chat right now. Um, Before I do finish, Kel, do you have any words of advice or motivational words for anyone thinking about joining Tasmania Police? Oh, yes, I do. (laughs) In case you hadn't picked it up during the podcast today, the three of us are extremely passionate and very much enjoy the job that we do. So for those who are listening today and are in two minds, I would just really like to say to you, please give policing a try. I stand by the comment that everyone has the potential within themselves to be a police officer. There is no stereotype as to what a police officer looks like or what they can do at that base level. And we appreciate that everyone has qualities combined with our training program that I'm part of at the moment down there at the academy and we can produce a good police officer. Professionally, this job offers variety and the opportunity to apply yourself um, in a range of situations and at times have that positive impact and influence on the community. Personally, the job will show you just how competent and capable we all are as individuals and provide you with so much self-satisfaction. Combine this with teamwork, which we've talked about throughout today's podcast, and you can really see for yourself it will leave you with some great memories and friendships. So my last line to all of you listening today is don't say to yourself that you can't do it, but ask yourself, what do I need to do in order to prepare for this testing process? How about you, Michelle? My, I guess my words of advice, uh, I think it's a great career. I love my job and I'm very lucky to be in that position. The job's never boring. Every day is different and you never know what's going to happen. So it's exciting in that way. uh, You get to meet some great people, as you mentioned. Hill makes some great friendships, but you also get to meet some great people in the community. There's constant opportunities. So you constantly can learn and develop, whether it be through internal training or whether it's just learning from the jobs we attend and the things we are exposed to. And I guess the big thing is you can have a number of mini careers within one career. So you can change jobs so many times within our role and experience so many different jobs. So it's a career that can be lifelong for that reason. So if you're thinking about joining just do it. Thanks, Michelle. So again, you two leave me with not much to say, (laughs) but I do have a couple of other things just on the development that you both talked about and the versatile career that we have. For example, I've had the opportunity to travel overseas. I've had the opportunity to, like only last week, was in Sydney and Canberra meeting police officers from South Africa, the Maldives and Turkey. You know, these opportunities you don't get anywhere else and just learning about their lifestyles, learning how they fight crime, learning how they work with other people in their community. And after 27 years, I didn't think I'd still be learning what I am every day. So that's that's one thing that I think is the fact that you never know everything. You continue to be challenged and you continue to learn. And for someone like me, that's, that's really good. A little bit of words of advice. We've talked about equity. We've talked about diversity. But I think one thing that I'm really proud of and I can see in the two fabulous women that I'm here with now is that you don't have to be a particular type. Be yourself. I've been nothing but Beck for 27 years. Sometimes it may not have been the best, but right now it's doing me pretty well. So, but I just think we want us that we don't want another Beck, a Kel or Michelle. We want many, many different types of people. So I think it's a job that you can bring your own authenticity to. 
you can grow in it, you can develop. And I think if you're looking around thinking you have to be a certain type of person, you don't. You just need to be motivated. You need to be willing to work and learn and continue to learn. And most of all, you want to be there to work with and for people. And I think that's my closing words for today. But I just want to thank everybody for listening today and giving us the opportunity to have a voice on International Women's Day. Happy International Women's Day. Happy International Women's Day. That's it for today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. So far on This Is TAS Police, we've chatted to our Commissioner, Donna Adams, our Recruitment Services team, some new recruits, and we've experienced a day in the life of a constable on the beat in Launceston. We've also heard from an investigator of a long-term missing persons case, and we've jumped aboard one of our police vessels and heard what it's like to work for Marine and Rescue Services. There have been some interesting and inspiring conversations from people who have experienced everything TAS Police has to offer. Come back next week when we'll be talking to Dr Kate Cashman, who is a lecturer in law at the Tasmania Police Academy. Kate has been a lecturer at the University of Tasmania since 2009 and is a member of a team who provides our recruits with all the information they need to start their career with TAS Police.